0: This is Larry Port with the joke of the week. Stop me if you've heard this one before. So a guy's on his way to work one morning, and lo and behold, there's a penguin outside his office building. Baffled, he picks up the penguin, carries him inside, and goes to his boss. Hey, boss, I found a penguin outside the office. What should I do with him? The boss looks the man and the penguin up and down. He says, why, take him to the zoo, you idiot. So the man goes off to the zoo with a penguin. Next day, the boss is on his way to work and sees the man and the penguin on the street. Hey, said the boss, I thought I told you to take that penguin to the zoo. I did, said the man, and we had so much fun. Today, we're going to a ball game. That's the joke of the
1: week. And I'm Larry Port from RocketMatter.com.
2: Welcome to Episode 19 of the 10 Golden Rules of Internet Marketing Podcast. We have a ton of great call-ins, an eBay expert, a joke of the week, a webkins expert, and our live conversation with Craig Newmark, the founder of craigslist.com. Welcome to the 10 Golden Rules
3: of Internet Marketing Podcast featuring the latest strategies and techniques to drive traffic to your website and convert that traffic into sales. Now here's the CEO of 10goldenrules.com, Jay Berkowitz.
2: Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Wherever and whenever this podcast finds you, thank you so much for joining us for number 19. We open the show with our new feature, Larry Port's Joke of the Week. Larry, thanks so much. I listened to it as it was played, and thanks for the laugh. I'm sure everyone is enjoying the new new feature. If this is your first 10 Golden Rules podcast, welcome aboard. We cover internet marketing and how to use the internet for business, personal productivity, and fun. And if you enjoy this show, you can subscribe for free at iTunes.com or at 10goldenrules.com. Just click on the podcast link. I record the show live in one take using Cast Blaster, and with the help of our amazing community and the team at 10 Golden Rules, you'll hear a lot of uh, value from our extended family. The call-ins come to our K7 audio line, and and if you like participating, I'd encourage you, give us a call. The phone number is 206-888-6606, or you can email me with questions and comments to j at 10goldenrules.com. Ask us a question. Share a new technology you're using or something that's working for you for your personal online work or something you're doing for your company. Now, I prepared this show earlier this week in New York City. I was there on business, and there was a whole bunch of Super Bowl buzz. So I'll touch into um, the best-performing Super Bowl commercials that integrated a website in just a minute. Now, you may hear a couple more roadcasts over the next few weeks. I have a bunch of travel lined up, I'm going to be in uh, Costa Rica on February 12th. On February 21st, it's our fifth consecutive year at the Direct Marketing Association in Fort Lauderdale. On February 22nd is the Safima Search Engine Training at NBC6 in Miami. February 23rd, we're at Affiliate Summit in Las Vegas. And the show's almost sold out. It's going to be great. We're holding a full day internet marketing boot camp. Featuring our VP, Margie Schneider, the amazing affiliate, James Martell, and Ron Caparelli, who's an incredibly talented internet marketer. He's the CEO of Lifescript.com. Of course, I'll be presenting the 10 Golden Rules of Internet Marketing and Web 2.0, Discover the 10 Leading Trends in the New uh, Social Media of the Internet. And all of the links for all of these shows are at 10goldenrules.com. S- um, I'm I'm also going to announce one more event in just a minute, and we're going to play some live audio from the organizer of that event. But let me spend a minute talking about the Super Bowl commercials. And for our international listener, Thomas Parrott, and I'm sure um, you know you know all about the Super Bowl, and I'm sure there's some other international listeners. And if there are, let's uh, hear you with a call-in, please. Now, all of the commercials I'm going to talk about are listed at myspace.com slash Super Bowl ads. If by chance you are one of the very few people who missed the Super Bowl, It was viewed by the second largest TV audience ever in the history of this country. 97 million people um, in the United States watched the Super Bowl. Now, my overall winners for best ads, overall uh, business communication, were Coca-Cola, Anheuser-Busch, and Tide. And I'll talk a little bit about those in a minute. And, and I'm going to get into more of the best internet performance, the best web integration. But first overall, the Coke spot was bang on for the brand. I had the pleasure of working on the Coca-Cola brand for about three years. And Coca-Cola has to be larger than life. And the brand stands for fun times with friends. And the take they did on the Macy's Thanksgiving Day balloon commercial with Charlie Brown getting the Coke at the end was absolutely perfect for the brand. And it marked the second year in a row that that they delivered a winner in the game after the video game commercial last year. Uh, Pepsi actually did a decent job with their Justin Timberlake commercial as he got sucked into street signs and ultimately into the backyard of some fans. And it linked well with their online promotion where each sip could get you more Pepsi points. The Budweiser commercial where a Dalmatian trained a Clydesdale to make the Bud team to the tune of the Rocky music was awesome bang on, um, we love to see animals in the Super Bowl commercial, and that was very consistent with their brand message. But let's spend some time talking about who were the winners with internet integration, because of course that's what we focus on in this podcast. And the big internet winner, in my opinion, was GoDaddy. Love them or hate them, they're sexist, they're crude, the the approach is dated, but notwithstanding, despite this sort of less than um, ethical or, or sort of sophisticated approach, just showing the babes they've used the past three Super Bowls to build a huge brand awareness and drive themselves to the top of brand awareness among domain name registrars. The second really nice uh, internet integration was the Doritos brand. And I thought they did a really, really good job with pregame internet integration. Several times I saw commercials which offered to air a consumer ad as well they also offered to air a brand on a commercial and the execution worked well with one exception the contestant who performed was eh, so-so but um, it was really well done when you went to the site you could vote on and pick your favorite band or your favorite performer and a young female singer-songwriter won the contest I think it would have been more successful for the brand if the performance was a little bit more exciting it, it was a little bit on the lines of um, tom petty who wasn't too great in the halftime show the final spot that was bang on for the brand and did a great job integrating a website was the tide talking stain for the tide to go brand it was funny and it demonstrated the brand benefit because this guy had a stain on his shirt and he was trying to do an interview and uh, his interviewer kept looking at his stain Um, and there's a great website called mytalkingstain.com And they're asking for parodies of the commercial. It's really good and really well integrated. Anyways, enough on the Super Bowl. Let's get to some of our call-ins. The first one is a conversation I had with Debbie Levitt. And she is a real eBay expert. So if you're interested in selling things on eBay, there's people making millions of dollars on this incredible website. And Debbie's also organizing the As Was conference. So we're going to cover those two topics with Debbie Levitt from As Was.
4: I'm here tonight with Debbie Levitt, and Debbie, thanks so much for doing this. Thank you. Debbie is planning a really, really amazing conference in Orlando for eBay sellers and people who want to learn a lot more about eBay. Debbie, why don't you tell us a little bit about the conference, and then I want you to tell us about eBay, and we'll come back to the conference.
5: Well, sure. Uh, The conference is coming up at the end of this month. It is February 28th. 29th, because it's a leap year and March 1st, uh, 2008, it'll be held at Disney's Yacht Club Resort down in Walt Disney World, Florida. We do have some rooms blocked off, and basically it's going to be two and a half days of eBay experts, successful online sellers, and eBay staff teaching the newest, latest, and best techniques, strategies, and tools so that eBay sellers at all levels can grow.
4: That's great, and I just also want to give a big thank you to Scott Pooler, who introduced us. Scott's from All Business Auctions and he's actually a listener to the podcast. So Scott, I hope you're finding out about this while you're listening. <laughs> and, and Scott actually introduced us and recommended me and I'm going to be participating in the conference. so yeah, big,
5: thank you again.
4: A big thank you to Scott. So Debbie, can you give us some tips for people who hear there's this great world out there on eBay and there's all kinds of money to be made. What are some of the tips for newbies who want to get
5: into eBay? The tips that I usually give have to do with doing research. Um, if you were starting any business out, you would do serious research. You wouldn't just open a pizza store in a blank space and expect it to go fantastically. So just like you would do research there if you were opening a, a 3D business on your main street, there's research to be done for eBay. There's sites like HammerTap and Terra Peak, which like Thomas, E-R-A, and then peak like the peak of a mountain, and they offer tools for eBay research so that if you're thinking about selling a particular item before you buy it or before you think you're going to drop ship it or any of those things, you can do some research to see, for example, in the last 60 days on eBay, how many of these were put on eBay, how many of them sold, and what was the average sale price. And that way you can start to get a realistic idea just for the eBay marketplace to see if your idea has legs. Because we find about a third of the people we talk to as potential clients, unfortunately, their idea doesn't have legs. And I would rather people find that out before they've invested all that time and money.
4: What a great tip. and 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 some great resources. So what are some of the best categories? What's hot right now? Where are people um, really making money or creating a business for themselves on eBay?
5: you know sometimes I think that what's hot is not necessarily what makes money because I think a lot of what's hot are uh, typically consumer electronics as eBay calls it which are going to be your iPods and your Wiis and well of course the Wii is, is a whole other story but yeah. <laughs> when it comes to when it comes to iPods and cell phones um, those do tend to sell pretty well if it's the right item in the right condition and it's an authentic item but the downside is that there isn't always a lot of margin on that kind of product so again like we talked about with the research it's important to make sure you're getting those products high up in the food chain so that your margins are there. As for what products have better margins, um, usually our company doesn't even want to go there. We just don't want to even try to advise people on those things. But again, the Terapeak the research is going to help you. And for those of you looking for lines of product, there's another resource out there called Worldwide Brands. And they've got a tool that will, um, it, it does two things. It does a little bit of research and it also tries to connect you with uh, wholesalers and drop shippers and, and different people who they've gone and checked out. So it's, it's kind of a good little combination tool, it's called OneSource. But, but as for what's hot, gosh, that, that changes all the time. I guess if you want something really hot, get authentic brand name handbags that you can prove are not fakes yeah. and go auction them off to, to the ladies and their boyfriends and husbands who are dying to buy them.
4: <laughs> yeah, that's certainly a category that's hot. And, and would you say luxury goods as a whole still holding some real value?
5: It really depends. There are some luxury goods that we see being strong, like of course jewelry and diamond rings and diamond engagement rings are always quite hot. Um, other items we, we see kind of come and go, of course, cars are always huge on eBay if you have great cars, especially classics and, of course, fantastic condition. So um, some luxury items, but my concern is that with some of what's going on with the economy right now, there's going to be a little bit of a shift to, oh, I guess, the second level of luxury items. Instead of a $1,000 item, maybe people buy the $700 item.
4: Are you feeling it? Are you really starting to feel the economic softness on the eBay world?
5: Um, I'm not feeling it, but from what some of my clients told me they experienced in their holiday season, I'm thinking it's out there. I don't think it's going to kill eBay sales, and I don't think it's necessarily going to kill eBay sellers, but the way that I'm seeing it play out right now is pretty much what I described, that people still want that brand name watch, but instead of buying the $200 watch, the, the, the report I ran on Terapeak for the holiday season made it look like they were buying the $80 watch, the $100 watch. Yes. So the purchases were still being made, the brand names were still hot, and some people were spending their money on the bigger ticket items, but some people were going to what I'm going to call that second level and, and using that as their compromise between what they want and what they can afford.
4: So you gave us the newbie tips and some category stuff. What are some of the advanced tips? What are some of the real superstars of eBay doing right now that's working?
5: you know I sometimes I think it's what the superstars of eBay aren't doing that they should be doing because my tip is usually get out there with more design and personality I think a lot of the even the big eBay sellers the way that they do their listings or their templates or their designs tend to be extremely bland tend to all look like each other and I don't think that's very good for branding and corporate image and identity Because I think eBay sellers have a real chance to Get a loyal buyer, and eBay sellers are are killing that. eBay's not killing that. Their new fee changes or rule changes don't kill that. So my feeling is that the tip that I tend to give the more advanced sellers or the intermediate guys is have your template and your store and all these things redone so that you stand out from everybody else. It's time to stop using the same designs and stop using eight zillion words in an ocean of text. It's time to understand that the eBay shopper, Thinks a certain way and buys a certain way and doesn't want to learn certain things and doesn't want to see columns and columns of information. And let's start catering to how these people think instead of complaining about what they didn't do.
4: That's perfect.
2: Great answer. Thank what, you. What, what will some? Pe- what will people learn at the conference?
5: Well, basically, the conference is focusing on all the areas that the our clients and some of the people I speak to, like at eBay events tend to tell me are their their struggling points. Like they'll usually say, I hired my wife, I'm thinking about hiring my mother, now what do I do? So we have got a session on staffing. We have sessions on what's the best way to uh, build your eBay store. We have uh, drive buyer loyalty. I'm really excited about one that's going to come right before your talk, which is about how to use blogs and channel feeds and pay-per-click and eBay's affiliate program not only to make some cash, but to be driving people back to to your eBay or your off eBay sales. So really if people look at the agenda on our conference website, and I should mention that's www.asbuzzconference.com. Dot .com that they're going I think they're going to be very impressed with who we have and of course we do have the lovely Scott Pooler and we've got people talking about how charity auctions could add to people's businesses I think that with all the changes eBay just announced and some of the fear that that's striking into people's hearts the one message I'm trying to get out to people right now is So much of your business is still in your control. Yes, eBay made changes. Yes, eBay surprised people. But there's still a lot of things that you can control and and manage and improve. And so let's get out there and learn what they are and how to do it and improve our businesses. There's only so much sitting here complaining is going to get things done.
4: The changes are really in favor of some of the like, power sellers, right?
5: Yeah, in some cases the changes fa- favor power sellers, but in a lot of ways the changes are designed to favor the buyer because eBay finds, of co- and this is logical, that an unhappy buyer doesn't just stop at, uh, buying from one seller, they leave the site. They don't come back to eBay at all, and it's everybody's loss. So I think if you really look at it, a lot of eBay's most recent changes are more about how can we make buyers feel more trust for the better sellers? How can we make buyers feel like sellers aren't trying to get leverage against them, which in some cases sellers are? How can we get buyers to, to come back and, and feel like it's an honest system full of good people? And in that case, anyone who falls to the bottom of that and doesn't rise like the cream to the top, how can we get rid of some of the sellers or disadvantage some of the sellers who are giving these buyers, these bad experiences. So I think it's it's a focus on the buyer.
4: That's great. Hopefully it should be good for everybody involved. Who are some of the other speakers that are going to be in Orlando?
5: Well, we've got two people coming from eBay. One of them is Rich Lee, who is uh, on eBay store's marketing team. So he'll be talking about what to do through eBay store. And we have Laura Delatore, who is on the seller development team at eBay, and she'll be talking about how different services and tools can really benefit sellers and save them money on what they're doing and make their listing easier and and faster. We're expecting two of the main listing software guys to come, Channel Advisor and Kyozu, as well as Toby Goldfinger from JDT Technologies who will be talking about where custom software might fit in to your eBay business. We've got some well-known people like Constant Contact for email mailing list. We've got uh, TypePad coming to talk about blogging. We've got Monster.com to talk about hiring. We've got some uh, successful eBay sellers to talk about how trading assistants and education specialists are, are people you might be able to add to your team. That you're not alone. It's not just you and your wife and your mother, which a lot of our clients are, that there's more people that you can add.
4: That's great. And, of course, we'll provide all the
2: links in the show notes. Any last thoughts? Debbie, before we
5: wrap up? My main message to everybody is don't panic over eBay's changes. There's always stuff that's in your control, so get out there and control it, and and let's make changes and grow people's eBay businesses.
4: Yeah, and if there's any listeners who are eBay sellers or any other questions about eBay, please don't hesitate to call our calling line, and um, we'll we'll definitely bring Debbie back and answer a bunch of your questions. I'll definitely have my M-Audio MicroTrack with me at the conference, and I'll share some content from the eBay conference.
5: That'll be great.
4: Thanks so much, Debbie. Have a great night.
5: Thanks. You too. Bye-bye.
2: Well, a big thank you to Debbie Levitt, and I hope to see a number of eBay folks at the As Was conference in Orlando, Feb 28, 29, and March 1st. And a special shout-out to my friend Hillary, who is one of those leap year babies, and she's going to be celebrating this year a birthday for the first time in four years. Uh, next up we have a call in from Kate Vollman, let's roll that one.
6: Hi Jay,
3: this is Kate Volman with the Greater Boca Chamber of Commerce. First of all, I want to say that I really enjoy listening to your podcasts. You provide some really great information, so I, I appreciate that and I thank you for that. As I was listening to one of your podcasts, I started thinking about how I could utilize podcasting and how I could help our membership um, get involved as well, but I realized that I don't even know where to begin. Um, what software I would need and how to record and edit material, how long it would take, and and even how effective it is in really marketing a business. So anyway, for those of us who are intrigued by podcasting as a source of Internet marketing and want to get started but not really sure how, I would love to hear any advice that you would have to offer. Thanks again,
5: Jay.
2: Thanks, Kate. Great question. And I'm getting this question a lot more uh, the last few weeks, and everybody wants to figure out how to podcast. I love it, and I hope everybody else does too, and I look forward to seeing tons of great content out there in podcast world. So, to answer your question, the the full uh, course on how to podcast, I recorded a presentation I made at PodCamp Boston called 10 Golden Rules for Launching and Promoting a New Podcast. I recorded the full presentation, and the PowerPoint slides are available for free at 10goldenrules.com. But let me summarize the 10 points quickly, and if anyone's interested in learning more, they can listen to episode 13 of this podcast and get the PowerPoint notes. Now, since I'm going to go through 10 tips for podcasting, this is a 10 list, and we have a new 10 list introduction from recording artist Natalie Gelman. Let me play that first, and then we'll get into 10 tips for launching and promoting a new podcast.
7: One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten golden rules.
2: Thanks so much, Natalie. NatalieGelman.com, really nice new album singer-songwriter out of New York City. So the first uh, step to launching a new podcast is to figure out what, what is your strategy. And a podcast is not a strategy. A podcast is a tactic that's going to help you achieve your strategy. Now, your strategy might be to build awareness of the Chamber of Commerce or to promote some of the members. And a podcast is a good tactic that can help you achieve those worthwhile objectives. The second step is you've got to find your voice. Is your podcast going to be entertainment-based? Will it be business-like? Is it quick and light? Are you looking for like a quick 10-minute update? Or do you want to do a show that's more like, 45-minute style of this show. The third step is you need a home for your podcast. You're going to have to host it, host it somewhere on the internet so people can download it. You'll probably want to set things up on the Chamber of Commerce servers and make the site available for download on the website, and then you want to go out and get listed on a number of the podcast directories, and iTunes drives about 70 or 80% of listenership to most podcasts, including this one. The fourth thing you have to figure out is what you need to get going. We call these the tools of the trade. Now, one of the things I always recommend to people is do exactly what you've done a couple times, Kate, which is to call in and see how you sound online. Do you like your voice? Do, you, do other people like the way you sound? And, do you, you know, can you communicate a message that other people are going to take to? So your first step, a baby step, is, is give a call into a show like this one and see if you like the experience. Now, if you do like it and you're planning to go ahead as Kate is, All you need is a computer and a basic karaoke mic and some software. So the the next step, if you're a PC user, I recommend to everyone, go to castblaster.com, C-A-S-T-B-L-A-S-T-E-R.com. View the online demo, and if you think, after seeing the demo, that you like this, then download the free trial. You can record a free 10-minute podcast and see if you like it. If you're a Mac user, I recommend using GarageBand. It's already on your machine, it's already on your Apple, and you're ready to go. The fifth step is prepping your show. A lot of people would be surprised that it takes about four times longer to prep the show than record it. Each week I find a theme for the show, I put the notes together, I edit the interviews and the call-ins, and I drop them all as icons on Cast Blaster, and then all I have to do is click to play each interview. But it generally takes about three hours prep to do a one-hour show, and then it takes uh, about a half an hour or so to write up the show notes and get everything online. The sixth step is you need great content. The content on the Internet is, is the rule. You know, content is king. It's so easy to, you know, switch to another podcast. So your show's got to be great. You have to have lots of really interesting interviews and, and very uh, stimulating guests. So you want to line that kind of stuff up. And then once you get going, people will call into your show and provide some great content for you. The seventh step is post-production. As I mentioned earlier, we don't produce this show. We just do it in one take and then we send it out through Feed Burner to iTunes and many other podcast sites, including Pod Show, Podcast Pickle, and Podcast.com. Step number eight is make your show searchable. To get listed in the search engine directories, you need to have a great description and you need to have a home. You need to have lots of words on the page describing your show and lots of show notes as you build information, you build more content, and more shows. Add that to a blog or a homepage. The ninth step is to do some paid promotion. We're using Google Pay Per Click and some banner ads and some other advertising to promote our show. And the tenth opportunity is free promotion. We use PR. It's a great way to get press releases out there and get pickup. and we've recently been interviewed a couple times about podcasting and the media is a great way to drive traffic to your site. So, great question, Kate. I know a lot of people are interested in podcasting. If you like what you hear and you want to learn more, go to episode number 13 on 10goldenrules.com. Just click on podcast and go to episode 13. There's a lot more information all about podcasting. Okay, next up, I recently met an expert in the area of webkins. This site is absolutely exploding in popularity. So let's hear from someone who's really on the ground floor and knows all about this exciting new website.
6: Hi, my name is Sydney and I'm calling you about webkins.
4: And how many webkins do you have?
6: 116. 116
4: webkins? Wow, how'd you get so many webkins?
6: My mom spoils me.
4: And what do you do with all those webkins?
6: I adopt them online and I play with them at the arcade and the W shop.
4: What can you do in the W shop?
6: You buy furniture and a lot of things for your house at Webkin.
4: For your house online or your real house? Online. Great. And so what's your favorite part about Webkin?
6: The arcade.
4: What do you do in the arcade?
6: You play games.
4: What what kind of games?
6: Like math games and... Fly games and use a lot of games.
4: Can Webkins get sick?
6: Yeah. then you go to the clinic and they give you vitamins.
4: Oh, you get vitamins, that's great. So what's your favorite webkin?
6: The Beagle.
4: Beagle. And why should people play Webkins? Do you recommend it?
6: Because it's fun.
4: <laughs> what what's the best part of it?
6: Uh I don't
4: know. <laughs> Thanks Sydney. Bye. Okay Thanks, Sydney.
8: Uh, you're here. You're
2: well, there's a real expert on webkins. Amazingly this this site is in the top 2500 websites in the world. And you have to buy a stuffed toy from Gans to get your webkins code. So with each stuffed toy you get a little code. And then you go online and you create this virtual world for your webkins. They have a great business model, building a community for kids around these very popular toys. Next up, let's hear from a friend of the Ten Golden Rules podcast, Mr. Len Edgerly.
0: Hi, Jay. This is Len Edgerly calling from Denver. I uh, listened to episode 18 of your podcast this morning. I. Just thought I'd let you know by way of feedback that one thing I really like about your podcast is the variety of uh, ways that you get information to us. I love the parts where you record question and answer periods at the conference. I think the one on this one was the American Marketing Association Internet Marketing Boot Camp. And to have real people asking questions and then having you answer them with information, is I find that a, a real easy way to... Uh, learn things. And then I also like it when you have the staff people read what I guess are uh, things from their blogs, real pithy, small things which are useful to hear. And then, of course, when you get into the interview with the guy from Google, that's just really great stuff. So I guess the point is what I'm learning is if you talk about your subject, in your case, internet marketing, in a lot of different vehicles. It makes it easier to listen to and learn from, and uh, I, I think that's a good formula that you've got. like the joke. I think maybe the jokester would be good to, to send an MP3 file rather than over the phone just to have a little better quality, but it was a pretty funny joke. So Anyway, really like the podcast. My podcast uh, is at audiopodchronicles.com and videopodchronicles.com. com. had a great time meeting you at PodCamp Boston, and it's fun to stay in touch by listening to your podcast. Take care, Jay.
2: Bye. Thanks, Len. Thanks for taking the time. I love your tips. And we'll definitely talk to Larry Port about getting his joke of the week as an MP3. I uh, met Len at PodCamp Boston, as he mentioned, and um, he's uh, got a really intellectual pair of podcasts and a video cast at Audiopod Chronicles. Next up, a call from Eric Wolf with a great tip for the 10 Golden Rules listeners.
9: Hey, welcome to the 10 Golden Rules podcast. Uh, this is Eric Wolf, and I have my own podcast. And I just never thought that I would actually have any interview on my podcast that would interest your listeners, Jay. And I've been a great fan of yours for a while, and I've told you that before. And A couple weeks ago, I had somebody on my show that your listeners would just, they, they have to all come and listen. They have to listen to the show. I interviewed Stephen Denning. Now, Stephen Denning, Oh wait, let me tell you about my show first. My show is The Art of Storytelling with Children. Now, I know you're all going, that doesn't relate to marketing. It does, it does. Listen, I got Stephen Dennings on. Stephen Dennings used storytelling to reform the World Bank. And he spent an hour on my show talking about knowledge-based organizations and using stories to embody and transfer knowledge in corporate environments or business environments. Basically, how you can change the entire culture of a room by using a 30-second story. It was amazing. Anyway, I, I just think your listeners will be interested. It's www.storytellingwithchildren.com backslash P equals 79. And that's Stephen Dennings. And this is Eric Wolf, and you have come to the right place because you are listening to the 10 Golden Rules Podcast with that great golden marketer, Jay. I'm your biggest fan, can you tell? Thanks, Eric. I did listen to the
2: interview, and it was very, very interesting, and I recommend everyone check it out. And every every link that we have, will have a link to Eric's show. All of those links will be on the show notes, so you don't have to write things down if you're on your bike or if you're on a, a Stairmaster somewhere or walking your dog, as I do when I w- listen to podcasts. We have all the links at the show notes at 10goldenrules.com. Okay, next up, I'll play a recording from our marketing meetup that we held in Miami with special guest, Avinash Kaushik. Uh, Len Edgley referred to the interview with the Google guy in his call in a minute ago. And Avinash is the amazing author of Web Analytics an Hour a Day. If you haven't listened to show 18 and you're involved in the internet, definitely make time to hear our conversation with Avinash. He explains how to u- tell if your website is performing well and how to use the different analytics tools. So after I interviewed Avinash, we went and met a small distinguished group of internet experts from the Miami area at an Italian restaurant. We had a great night and we passed my M-Audio Microtech digital recorder around. I asked everybody one question. What's the one tool you were using to improve your productivity or to have some fun on the internet? So here we are with a marketing meetup with Avinash Kaushik in Miami.
1: You're going to get me
10: in trouble. No. Hey! Oh, yeah! Okay, how are you doing? Mayor Strawberg, CEO from Date.com and Matchmaker. And I'm going to introduce Evan.
11: Hello. Uh, this is Evan. Um, one good tool I like to use, um, it's called Goat. P-I-N-G-O-A-T. It's a little goat, and um, what it does is it it helps you submit your blog feed to all the directories and keeps them pinged with your content. Um, and, and this is like this is the best tool I've ever I've seen in a while. And um, that's it. Moving right along.
8: This is Sherry McConaughey
3: from Santasuits.com. Merry Christmas, everyone. Hopefully, this is airing in December. If not, Happy New Year. I am going to talk about one fun new thing that we have on our website. It's a fun Santa dress-up game, so you can go online and play around for a little while, take a break, and dress up Santa in all these different fun costumes. My favorite is Austin Powers. Margie Schneider with Ten Golden Rules, and the new thing that I'm using online is uh, I had completely forgotten that I had a Twitter account until today. I received an email saying that I am now being followed by Rohit Bargava from the influential marketing blog, and I was so impressed by that I had to start using my Twitter account again.
6: Yeah. Hi, this is Avenash. I'm the author of the blog Occam's Razor, and a cool technology I have recently started using is WeBot. W e b o t, and it's a piece of technology that allows you to share your audio video you can have them all on your home computer and access them through your cell phone ipod anywhere so you can store your comp- files in one place and have them play anywhere you want so check it out it's very cool it's in beta right now we bought, we bought. w-e-b-o-t
9: this is joe loratro of tandem interactive how you guys doing i listen to jay's podcast don't really listen to too many podcasts but jay's got a good one uh, follow Webmaster Radio every now and then. Something new, which is actually already old, but last week in Vegas, Rand Fishkin of SEOmoz said that if you had multiple links on the same page pointing to another page, the only link juice and anchor text that was being passed was the first link. Apparently, that was only a few days ago. Google has already corrected the issue slash problem, And now uh, it doesn't exist anymore. So I don't know if that's a good thing or bad thing, but it just shows you how quickly something comes out of the conference and is already fixed by Google. So I'm passing the mic on. Nice talking to you. Hey, this is Andrew Horowitz. I am the author of The Disciplined Investor. I have a podcast with the same name. And uh, I also have a blog, thedisciplinedinvestor.com. And great to be here, and thank you, Jay, for inviting us to a wonderful evening. And um, one of the things that I'm using right now for being, uh, I guess, in the area of uh, technology is uh, working with a great group called Podango. Check out their website. Podango is a a hosting service, a a podcast directory, as well as a really great opportunity to revenueize your podcast. So if you have a podcast out there, you can uh, check out Padango or you could write me we're working with them closely at uh, ask Andrew at the uh, take a listen to the podcast it's featured on iTunes I think you'll enjoy it
7: hi guy is I'm an attorney at Gunster Yokely, and Stewart and I do corporate and transactional work but I specialize on web issues um, so I do a lot of click wrap and web wrap agreements and deal with social media issues and internet marketing issues, um, affiliate relationships, uh, basically anything having to do with the web or technology, so, and I'm here to to meet all these interesting new companies and established companies, meeting some great people, and it's actually a lot of fun, it's a really nice night out, and uh, we just had a guy come by with a guitar singing to us, which you may have heard, I don't know, Um, I'll pass it on. (laughs)
6: Ariel Jatib,
0: uh, co-founder of RocketMatter.com. We're building a SaaS application for the legal industry, help small firms manage their day-to-day activities. Uh, I'm the experience designer uh, on the project. We're building it in .NET Technologies.
9: Hi, I'm uh, Alex Harris, alexdesigns.com. And technology that I've been experimenting with lately is uh, all about life-casting, basically, or, or life-streaming. You know, one of the applications that we that I use is uh, FriendFeed. I believe it's friendfeed.com or, or Tumblr. Basically, it aggregates all your different RSS feeds from all your different social media networks, like LinkedIn or a Flickr and so forth, and it puts them into one big RSS feed. So anyone could pull your live stream or your life feed and get all the information from all the different sites that you're looking at.
1: So, my name is Larry Port. And my website is rocketmatter.com. And it's basically a web based application for small law firms to run their day to day applications for their offices. So I read a lot of blogs. I read a lot of legal blogs. They're spelled B L A W G. And I read Future Lawyer because he's a techno savvy lawyer. And I read a lot of development blogs because I'm an ASP.NET and SQL developer. So I read Scott Goo's blog. That's a great blog. And the coolest new website that I've been using is something called Rocket Matter. And Rocket Matter is my own product, and it's now on a real production server. So it's no longer the machine that my son turns off in my office. And even though I'm not a lawyer and I'm running a software business, I use it to manage all of my software tasks. So my calendar, my to-do list, everything is on a Rocket Matter, and it's working really good.
2: So it's easy just... Tell me your name and your company, first
8: of all.
7: Hey, okay, my name is Stephanie Fasco, and I work for Hostway Corporation. The thing that, the, that I most took away from PubCon was just the whole link bait thing and you know, catering to your audience and you know, rewards and um, top ten lists and trying to feed to people's egos.
2: And is there anything that you discovered that you're going to try and implement for your job right away?
7: Um, I actually, today... I do what I do is SEO consulting. So what I did today for the first time was actually took a website, found a site that's similar to Dig, but more of a niche market actually had to do with you know religion and Christianity. And I, I consulted with the client and told them, you know, this is what you need to do. This is what you need to create. You need to do a top 10 list about this subject and try to submit it to that website. So, you know, this is something that I, I took from PubCon and I had read about, but I'd never actually done implemented myself.
2: That's great. Congratulations. Thanks, Stephanie.
7: You're welcome.
12: OK, that ended a little quickly,
2: didn't it? Uh, thank you to everyone for participating. It's great to hear a bunch of tips from people who are really doing stuff. And um, you know, uh, I will check out a bunch of those tips, and I recommend you do as well. Next up, let's get to the live blogs and then into the feature conversation with Craig Newmark, the founder of Craigslist. So here's the team
10: from 10 Golden Rules. This is Jeff. Are you ranked number 6 in Google? For about the last month or so, there's been talk amongst the search engine optimization community of a supposed position 6 penalty. Sites that were previously ranking number one or two on Google searches were now ranking number six for key terms. Most of the sites were well-established doing good, ethical, white-hat search engine optimization, but for some seemingly unknown reason, the sites were appearing at number six. Many thought it was too much of a coincidence that so many good sites were at position six, and up until January 29th, there was no confirmation on the supposed paid position six penalty. However, on January 29th, Google engineer and all-around good guy Matt Cutts was able to confirm the position six penalty and that the p- penalty has been reversed. Ranking should return back to normal shortly. Matt also points out that if you feel your site has been penalized, perhaps for some past behavior, and you think the site is clean now, you can do a reconsideration request on the Google Webmaster Console.
12: Hi, this is Katherine, and today we're going to talk about Microsoft's bid for Yahoo Search. For those of you who weren't watching the search engine news last week, Yahoo Search received an unsolicited offer from MSN to acquire the company. This $45 billion bid created an instant media and blogging frenzy, creating intense speculation on whether or not the third largest search engine could gain search engine market share by buying out the competition. Now, according to the recent Comscore's U.S. search engine rankings, Google currently holds 58.4% of the search engine marketplace. Yahoo! is at 22% point four percent and MSN only has nine eight point eight percent of search shares even if MSN's bid for Yahoo search is successful they would only have a combined share of thirty two point two percent of the search engine marketplace still placing the new company which some people are calling microhoo over 26 percent behind Google so in the end if MSN buys Yahoo, they're still going to have a long way to go before they comp- compete with Google's share of search. So we're not falling for the hype or changing our search engine optimization tactics anytime
8: soon. Hi, this is Susan. My live from the blog segment is entitled, What is a Wiki? A Wiki is a website that holds information that other people can edit and contribute to. Wikis are often used to collaborate and share information either on a specific subject or multiple subjects. Wikipedia is the most well-known wiki that houses information about many different subjects. There are other wikis that are about one specific subject, such as the organic SEO wiki, which is focused only on anything related to organic search engine optimization. Starting a wiki is not very difficult at all, in fact, there are many wiki services that will let you start a wiki for free, hosted on their domain. If you are thinking about starting a wiki for your business, you should keep in mind that if you make it public to the World Wide Web, you are allowing other people to contribute to it and possibly voice their own opinions. Two free hosted services that you can use to start your own wiki are WetPaint and PBWiki. WetPaint.com is targeted towards anyone that wants to start their own wiki about a specific subject. PBWiki.com is targeted towards businesses to collaborate ideas and information.
6: Hi everyone, this is Michael and I'm bringing you a live from the blog recording about the Super Bowl which featured the victorious New York Giants. There were several Super Bowl commercials that interacted with the web. Doritos had people submit their best commercial online and aired the winner. Doritos also had an innovative contest where website visitors could vote for up-and-coming musical performers. They aired a music video from an unsigned singer-songwriter named Keena Garnett whose songs are now available on iTunes. What an amazing opportunity to get your big break. The commercial that drove the most traffic to a website on Sunday was GoDaddy.com. They had a very successful Super Bowl ad, which promised to show the commercial banned by Fox TV of new GoDaddy girl and race car driver, Donica Patrick, on the website. According to the Arizona Republic, the one-time 30-second slot drove 2 million visitors to the GoDaddy site on Sunday night. 1.2 1.2 million of those site visitors watched Donica Patrick keep her clothes on and beavers covering the laps yeah. getting out of cars. This number was almost four times the internet traffic of its three ads airing on the website last year. If you want to see all the Super Bowl ads, another promotion on the game shared a link to myspace.com slash ads where all the ads are airing YouTube style on myspace.com.
11: This is Anthony, and today I will discuss whether Internet marketing is recession-proof. As economists argue whether the U.S. is already in a recession, or what inning of the game it is, undoubtedly the economy is in a weak state. One thing not up for debate is that we are seeing a reduction in advertising budgets, which is usual in an economic downturn, and advertisers are turning to the Internet as the medium of choice. The Internet is claiming a growing share of advertising at the expense of declining ad dollars to traditional media, such as TV and print. Performance-based Internet marketing enables advertisers to pay for only the actions of the consumer, therefore the most measurable medium for any B2C company. According to an article that ran last week on Economist.com, there is still a gap between the time people spend online as a fraction of their media consumption, about 20%, and the fraction of marketing budget spent on the Internet, about 7.5%. Many companies are trying to narrow the gap which will sustain Internet advertising during a downturn. Search advertising, the most effective kind of all, should be safest. Many agree that an economic slowdown is likely to accelerate the shift of advertising dollars to the Internet. Advertising on the Internet enables real consumer metrics and measurements that clients cannot get from any other medium. Plus, clients see Internet advertising's measurability as just more justifiable to shareholders. Well, thanks team, a ton of great topics.
2: I'm sure everybody enjoys hearing from the range of content that, uh, that, the, that the team provides. Now, next up is our conversation with Craig Newmark. I'm sure most of all of you know about Craigslist. It's become the classified advertising hub of the world. And amazingly, almost all listings on the site are free. And the founder of the site, Craig Newmark, was kind enough to tell us, tell us his story and explain a little bit about why he's not the next dot-com billionaire. So let's get into our conversation with Craig Newmark, the founder of Craigslist.
4: I'm pleased to be here today with Craig Newmark, who's the founder of Craigslist. Thanks for doing this, Craig. Hey, it's my pleasure. Glad to be here. For those of you who aren't familiar with Craigslist, and that's probably very few on, on the podcast, According to Compete.com, which is a relatively new and and becoming very popular web metric site, there's over 27 million unique visitors per month on Craigslist. Craig, why don't you tell us a little bit about your personal background and how Craigslist came about? Personally, well, uh, the stories are true in that uh, in high school I grew up wearing a plastic pocket protector, thick black glasses uh, taped together, and uh, the whole nerd stereotype. Uh, Well, it helps to remember what it felt like to be uh, left out. I did go to college, and true to the nerd stereotype, I got a couple degrees in computer sciences and put that to use a long time at IBM. But as all that was happening, I uh, was learning more about the world after leaving IBM a couple years at Charles Schwab, where I evangelized the net and saw a lot of people helping. And so around the time I was leaving Schwab, I started a simple mailing list telling friends about arts and technology events. The original Craigslist was an email list, right? Yeah, it was just the CC list. didn't have a formal name until the middle of 95. And what were some of the types of events that you used to promote or recognize? Well, there were uh, two that I remember pretty clearly. One was Joe's Digital Diner, which had to do with the use of some of the emerging multimedia technology to just tell stories. There was also the Anon Salon, which is a uh, party uh, fundraiser for something called climate theater. Both kinds of things had large uh, technology components, particularly in 95 when the bubble was uh, starting in the uh, San Francisco Bay Area. Do you remember how big that original email list was, you know, back in the the early days? I'm guessing it was 10 to 12 people, but I really don't have a clear memory of any of it. It's a long time ago now. So from 10 to 12 people to 27 million people, what a great story. It uh, ain't bad. You mentioned that your main job at Craigslist is customer service. What does that entail? Well, I'm part of a customer service team, and I'm a rep, not a manager. I handle a lot of miscellaneous cases, but I'm afraid a lot of them deal with abuse of one sort or another. Uh, we don't have a lot of it on our site proportionally. There's enough to keep us busy. Earlier, I got rid of some ads from apartment brokers in New York City that were posting deceptively in the owner's section. Then uh, earlier, also, I dealt with some bickering and some outright attempts at disinformation in some of our discussion boards, particularly the uh, political discussion forum. You mentioned in a few different interviews and when I saw you recently present at PubCon, you mentioned that you really try and keep the site you know, clean. It's for people. It's very ethical. Do you want to talk a little bit about the vision of, of the site and how you've kept it so true? Well, to call it vision... Is maybe giving us too much credit. And I do want to state that since 2000, Jim Buckmaster has led everything. He's a CEO because as a manager, I'm not so good. The idea is that the whole thing started with me just having the idea that I should help out like other people have. Praise another way, I should just give people a break since so many people had been kind to me one way or the other. I just ran the site from there doing what uh, felt right. When Jim came on, we reinforced that idea. Jim and I have pretty similar values, and pretty much everyone we've hired shares some uh, common values about making Craigslist a place where people can address everyday needs, you know, like getting a job or a place to live. Uh, Recently, we've been thinking more about what makes us work, aside from the obvious stuff like being an early mover and running a site as a community service, that's, lo- that's almost completely free. What seems to matter most to people are uh, shared values, stuff like treating people like you want to be treated. And while that sounds like a commonplace observation, the difference is that we follow through on that. We have lapses now and then, but we really try hard to follow through. Uh, that doesn't mean we're altruistic or noble or anything. We're just following through on a uh, shared value. That's such a nice story. When did you know you had something special? I don't know if I even believe it now. I don't want to, because I think it's important to stay hungry. I guess the first milestone, though, from your point of view, is uh, end of 97. At that point, it was just me hitting about a million page views per month. Big deal back in 97. Also, Microsoft Sidewalk approached me about wanting to run banner ads. I turned that down, figuring that it didn't feel right. And that, you know, while I could make enough to live on just on that one customer, I thought banner ads were kind of dumb, and uh, they slowed the site down. Uh, Since then, again, it's just been all slow, continuous growth. In the race between tortoise and hare, where's the tortoise? I sent out a Twitter note this morning, and I got a couple tweets back. Alex Harris is a very talented web developer. At Alex Designs, and he said, "Will Craigslist ever change the design or add different text format?" We uh, do grow and change in very small increments, but the overwhelming majority of people who use our site uh, like it the way we do. It uh, goes fast; it works up on most anything, and people like that. There was an article, I think, in the Times several years ago that said we have the visual appeal of a pipe wrench, <laughs> and that was intended and taken as a compliment. And that's what we're about. Uh, people don't care about design very much, not overall. People care about getting something done and fast. It certainly follows the KISS principle. Very much so. What are some of the amazing stories that have come from Craigslist? We get a stream of people who said that they uh, furnished their apartment, they found their apartment, and they found their significant other to the site, they found their job. We get a number of those, and those are pretty cool. Now and then we hear of a marriage happening via the site. And I need to remind people that I cannot officiate legally at a ceremony just because I run the site. <laughs> yeah. We uh, apparently have had uh, three kidney uh, donations. That's great. And then now and then someone finds a lost dog or cats at a site. And those to me are all pretty cool. What are some of the funny stories you've heard from Craigslist? If you look through our best of category, you'll see a whole bunch of them. Some poignant more than funny. My favorite is still a pretty old one where uh, someone put in a job ad that he wanted to wa- hire someone else for someone else to take the CPA ethics test for him. <laughs> that's, that's very good. What are the best ways for an individual to use Craigslist for the following things? First, to find a job. Just find the city you're in and uh, start looking at the job ads that look like you're fit for and just get a feel for that over time if you're genuinely qualified or close to send in a cover letter specific to that job, and a resume may be tailored for that job. On the other side, uh, post your resume. Uh, before doing it, though, take a look at uh, what other people are doing and what feels right. The idea is that the site does have a uh, culture of its own and a uh, kind of a look and a feel. You, tr- you want to be, uh, you want to kind of fit into that culture if that fits people's expectations. What are some of the best ways for a company to use Craigslist for things like recruiting and and also to build their business? When it comes to recruiting, again, get a feel for what uh, constitutes suitable job ad, which often means something more uh, casual, like you're a person talking to another person rather than using business speak. And then search the uh, resumes regarding using our site just to uh, push your products or whatever, depending on if you're offering a service or a category. Just post in the appropriate for sale or, or services category. And remember all the time that you're speaking to other people on the end of things. Treat people like people, you know, which often means forgetting the uh, often phony uh, pictures of people who are smiling uh, and don't have any really reason to smile unless they're severely mitigated. <laughs> Let me switch, of um, course, a little bit. We're, we're in, the, in the midst of another dot-com boom. What are some of the tips you could give to would-be internet entrepreneurs looking to build a great brand and great site like Craigslist? At this point, it's hard for me to advise because I'm no marketing specialist, and we started early and got lucky. I can only suggest to people that you remember that you're dealing with people that you should treat like you want to be treated, and then follow through. That means providing good customer service. Many companies uh, talk good customer service and then never try to provide it. But that's what I think uh, people need to do. I'd say make use of discussion boards to have your customers help each other out and have people from your company engaged in them as part of the customer service effort. Just good standard business practices. I'm going to go to a couple other questions that came in from Twitter. Anna Farmery is based in the UK and she has a great podcast called The Engaging Brand and her question was, What's the key to growing a brand, but keeping the values of a small family company? It's a matter of, well, first staying true to, what, to your sense of what's uh, what's right. Try to do the right thing, and then follow through. Uh, later on, if you have the chance, think about making explicit to yourself what matters to you. Yeah, you know, what your values are, and then follow through with that. Um, again, there's these uh, shared values like live and let live. Google does a good job of this, actually, the uh, don't be evil thing. Uh, I think they're trying really hard to follow through on. There are some things maybe to question, but I feel they do a great job of that. You know, I think with size comes a lot of Google bashers, and I'm continually impressed with Google and how they give you free stuff. They, they make so many of their tools available free of charge, and, and I think they have really authentic values and, and uh, desires. Yeah, I think they're the uh, real deal and I respect that. Chris Brogan sent in another question over Twitter, and Chris is the founder of PodCamps. There are these incredible free internet conferences, and it started with PodCamp Boston last year, and I went to PodCamp Boston this year. And there was about 2,000 people at this free conference. It was amazing, the quality of content and people that I met. Uh, Chris's question was, Craigslist took apart traditional classifieds and opened up the world. What other itch of yours will take apart which next institution? First, I have to challenge the premise a little bit. The effect we've had on classifieds has been uh, pretty exaggerated. It's uh, part of the mythology. But I speak to newspaper publishers, uh, editors, industry analysts. We do have an effect, but the newspapers uh, have more to worry about uh, through those websites which attack their most profitable classifieds like cars and uh, jobs. Uh, Newspapers have other problems, like chains are going for big profit margins, 10 or 30%, and they've lost a lot of trust. That uh, set of problems is much bigger than we are. Uh, Beyond that, what do uh, we think we'll do? Well, in terms of Craigslist, we do uh, one thing pretty well. Uh, We want to focus on that and not screw it up. Me, I found a lot of people who are doing important stuff People who are a lot smarter than me, so I figure I'll help them out with some of it. Like uh, there are people who are doing a great job uh, helping uh, journalism and media evolve. There's Sunlight Foundation building tools for journalists to, uh, for accountability and transparency in Congress. They've already dug up some things which may affect next year's election. There's uh, factcheck.org, which is maybe the best professional uh, independent fact-checking group taking a look at what politicians say, and with a great uh, nonpartisan record. There's uh, Kiva doing a great job with microfinance. There's uh, One Voice, which is signing up hundreds of thousands of Palestinians and Israelis to help them get a voice telling their leaders to uh, make a deal. And I'm recently getting a little bit involved with the Iraq and Afghanistan uh, veterans of America and they're trying to get to get a break for uh, troops because they are asking the uh, White House to support the troops. Sounds like a really great list of very worthwhile causes. What I'm just trying to do is get the word out a little more for um For a brief period in time, people may listen to what I have to say, and then I'll uh, try to uh, restrain myself. Well, you're you're taking advantage of the opportunity to do what you feel is good. That's great. Yeah craigslist has great word of mouth already but there's a lot of people doing heavy lifting who uh, never get heard you were wearing a barack obama pin in las vegas (laughs) yes are you supporting mr obama and and why why if so well i am supporting barack and the uh, problem that we're having is that there are a lot of good candidates on the democratic side and even the republicans have a couple of uh, good guys the only one though which is addressing one huge problem is barack Specifically, You know, in the U.S., we used to think of ourselves as the good guys. People across the world used to think of us as the good guys. But, uh, you know, right now the current administration has sent a very different message, and we need someone in the White House who says again that, you know, Americans are the good guys. The American people never stopped being the good guys, despite our problems with uh, the White House. And Barack can tell the world, credibly, that America is back again, and uh, he's the only one who uh, can do it and who means it. Were you um, watching the YouTube debates and the role the Internet was playing in in a two-way conversation? Uh, I've seen some of that, although, frankly, I'm a part of the uh, campaign team talking about the use of the Internet to greatly improve government function, and Brock is the only guy seriously talking about that, doing things like pushing much better customer service for government um, on the net. The idea is that there are people already doing that, and the idea is then to make it really, really happen. Do you think Craigslist or another website could administer an election one day? I don't think we will have anything to do with that. I do think electronic voting can help in the future. Provided you get rid of the companies providing, uh, let's say, a questionable voting systems, some of which may be crooked. <laughs> I think what will happen a lot, maybe the most important change will be as reputation systems come online and as we see what voices have the most compelling and trustworthy political statements. Governance will change from the bottom up, and I think that's going to be a big deal more of the Twitter questions. This one comes from Rose. Will Craigslist use audio media to sell in the future? People who post ads on our site can use whatever rich media that they choose to. It's not a matter of us doing it. It's a matter of people embedding those objects into their ads. And right now there's a lot of things that people can use But I have a feeling that people really don't care about a lot of the rich media. Text and still images are pretty good for now. I wouldn't be surprised if we see some YouTube usage, but uh, I think that's about it. So combining a a Craigslist ad and a YouTube video? What they would do is put an ad on our site and embed the uh, YouTube video, and I bet that'll work. The next question I ask everybody, what Internet tools do you use to improve your personal productivity? What do you use for fun? What blogs do you read? Do you listen to any podcasts? <laughs> the deal is I do look through a, a whole lot of uh, blogs, some for fun, some for a business, some kind of straddle both, like uh, Boing Boing. I look at the Dilbert blog, for example. Yeah. I look at some of the uh, media discussion blogs like the ones from Media Bistro. I look at a number of gadget blogs, for example, uh, Gadget. I look at SlashDot and SlashGear. I look at uh, TechCrunch and CrunchGear. I look at a bunch of things like that. On the media side, I do look at things like Buzz Machine. Uh, That's from Jeff Jarvis. Wired News. I look at New York Times Technology. I look at uh, Tim Goodman, who's the TV reviewer at the uh, San Francisco Chronicle, who does a great job. And I don't listen to many podcasts. I would like to listen to more, but I'm having a hard time finding them. But I do listen to, uh, on the media, out of WNYC, I listen to Harry Shearer's uh, Le Show. He's the guy who does voices like Skinner on Simpsons. And I get a lot of news from uh, ONN, which is the Onion News Network. Yeah, very strong. I find podcasts by going to the iTunes store and just searching the subject area I'm interested in. Okay. And then you can sort by popularity and that's how I found a number of the internet marketing stuff that I'm listening to. I love podcasts because it sort of stretches my learning and enjoyment time. Uh-huh. If I, I have a commute or, you know, waiting for a plane, I can be listening to something that is interesting and therefore, you know, even if it's educational, if I get those aha moments or those amazing learning. It's like going to a conference every every time I listen to some of the great podcasts. Uh, I agree. And, you know, I download them into my phone and, uh, listen to them often when I'm in the uh, mood, that kind of thing. Do you still keep a Craigslist, and what's on your can't-miss event? If you mean, do I keep a list of events for myself or something like that? Do you still have a list that you email close friends and, and associates that you email, and, and what are on your events, can't-miss uh, events list? Nothing like that, really. The closest would be, like, for next week during the holidays. Uh, some neighbors, you know, friends and I will probably go see a movie, uh, right now, uh, Charlie Wilson's War looks possible, and we'll uh, we'll see. That's the closest, which I think is really a no. Yeah. <laughs> so the the Craigslist is now available to all your 27 million closest friends. <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for doing this. I'll email you when it's up, and I'll share you any you know interesting comments and feedback we get. Take care. Okay. Bye. Bye.
2: Well, a big thank you to Craig Newmark from Craigslist, a very, very interesting guy and unbelievably ethical. I mean, how many of us would not have sold out Craigslist and become the next next dot-com billionaire? Craig really wants to keep the community aspect of the site, keep it clean, keep it ethical. A big thank you as well to Kate Volman, Lynn Edgerly, Eric Wolf, Larry Port with the joke of the week, Natalie Gelman provided the 10-list sing for our uh, 10-list intro. Everybody who came out for the marketing meetup in Miami. Uh, Mayor Stralberg, Evan, Sherry McConaughey, Stephanie Fasco, Joe Laratro, and uh, everybody else who came. Really appreciate it. The 10 Golden Rules team, of course, and Debbie Levitt from As Was and the As Was Conference. And um, next up, we're going to just get into the song of the week, wrap the show. Please take a minute right now to call in your comments or questions. Join the conversation. What's on your mind? And one of the things I'd love to know, how did you find out about the 10 Golden Rules podcast? Because one of the interesting things about podcasting is you just have no idea who's listening and how they heard about the show. I'd love to know how you found out about the show. And just give us a call in. Let us know who you are. Promote your website or your blog. We'd be happy to have the call. Um, Every week we end the show with a song selection from the Podsafe Music Network. I was up in New York this week, as I mentioned earlier. I had my winter coat on and this, this uh, song really struck a note and it's it's kind of a sultry, moody winter kind of feeling. It's a song by John Romano and on his bio I found an amazing story. This singer-songwriter was born deaf and had eight brothers and sisters and with it, he said with everybody running around no one really noticed that he was deaf until he was the age of three and after a series of operations it gave him hearing and it gave us this incredible artist. Um, here's John to wrap up the 10 Golden Rules podcast. We'll t- come to everybody live from uh, Costa Rica next week. And here's the song called Strawberry. City.
1: It's been cold since 1992 That's the year we all came through it all Didn't we? Little Nancy and her two sisters Ate their in They prayed for freedom Focus, focus, focus now Get your lens on this, focus, focus, focus now, get your lens on this, it's not that I don't care, it's not that simple baby, no, I once left my sweater at this girl's house and I didn't even know where she was. Cold day in New York City. It's been cold since 1992. That's the year
10: we all came through it all, didn't we? Little Johnny
1: and his pebbles of faith ate their candy and they prayed for kingdoms focus, focus now, get your lens on this, focus, focus, focus now, get your lens on this, it's not that I don't care, it's not that simple baby, Uh, you know I once left my sweater at this girl's house and I, I didn't even know who she was. focus, focus now, get your lens on this, focus, focus, focus now, get your lens on this, it's not that I
6: don't care,
1: it's not that simple baby, I once left a sweater and I I went back and got it, She she was, she was, she was, she was fun.
3: Hi, This is Margie. I've been working in... Thank you for listening to the 10 Golden Rules of Internet Marketing Podcast. Please send comments and questions to podcast at 10goldenrules.com. That's podcast at 10goldenrules.com. Or use our call in line 206-888-6606.
7: Ten golden rules for all your internet marketing needs.
6: This podcast is produced with Cast Blaster. Cast
4: Blaster.